0: What does it mean to come home to ourselves? I ask myself this question often in the midst of my intense healing process. See, I found that my trauma makes it really difficult sometimes to know exactly what I'm feeling, let alone why I'm feeling it. And so many times in the chaos of my emotions, I find myself wondering who I really am and what I genuinely feel. In short, I'm wondering, what it means to be at home in myself, in my body. If any of that wondering sounds at all familiar to you, I hope you'll keep listening. Hi everyone, I'm Ben Tapper, and this is Invisible Truths. This is a podcast for anyone who carries burdens that feel too heavy to bear, questions too vulnerable to openly discuss, or pain that you're certain no one else will understand. Even more than that though, This is a space to acknowledge and explore the invisible truths within each of us. If you're still interested, let's get started. I was driving through the countryside, windows down, wind whipping my hair back and forth, and yes, believe it or not, my hair does indeed whip. I've had locks for almost two years now, so it's long enough to be blown gently or sometimes violently by the breeze. But regardless, I was driving through the countryside, wind whipping through my hair, windows down, and it felt great. About 20 minutes before I got to where I was going, I noticed that I had lost cell coverage, which it wasn't that surprising. I knew that would happen. After all, I was going into the countryside of North Carolina, not exactly known for having great cell service. So 20 minutes before I hit my destination, I lose cell service, and I lose access to my GPS. Not to worry, I had taken a screenshot of the directions, and so I made my way to the campground safe and sound. I pull in to a town that was a bit smaller than I anticipated. Found a parking spot behind a bar or a restaurant next to a dumpster. And to be honest, I was a little freaked out because this parking spot was in a gravel lot, maybe 100 feet or so away from a stream that ran through the town. And I'm pretty sure I parked next to someone that was living out of their car and and hey i'm not judging anybody i have lived out of a car a time or two in my life so i know that sometimes your life hits the rocks and you got to do what you got to do but uh, i it wasn't exactly what i was expecting to pull up to so i get out of my car and make my way to the registration see i was here for a conference of sorts find the registration table sign in and as i'm walking through the campground I start to notice a lot of faces. More and more people are streaming in, old people, young people, tall people, short people. I'm not going to make this into a Dr. Seuss rhyme, but there were a lot of people there. Except there weren't a lot of people there. At least not a lot of people that looked like me. Everyone I was seeing was white. Everyone I was seeing was actually white and in Birkenstocks, but that's probably too specific. There were a lot of white folks there. And mind you, I'm used to living around a lot of white folks. I live in Indiana, after all. But something put me on edge as I noticed white face after white face. See, I started thinking back to the fact that on my drive to this campground, I had lost cell service 20 minutes in, and I hadn't regained it once I arrived. So I had no cell phone, in essence. Secondly, on my drive to this campground, I noticed more and more Confederate flags popping up because, after all, I was in the North Carolina countryside. So I have no cell service, I have seen Confederate flags driving in, and now I'm at a conference in a small rural town that is extraordinarily secluded and I see nothing but white folks. My black sense was tingling. This. By all indications, it was a situation that I should have felt afraid, and I did. My anxiety rose with each step I took into the campground. I knew intellectually that I was at a conference that was about social justice, so I should be safe. But in that moment, nothing I could rationalize made my body feel better. Because the warning signs told me there were enough reasons for me to be uncomfortable that I should be scared. So, as I walked through the campground, trying to figure out how I was going to calm down enough to get through this, an idea popped into my head. See, I had just begun to familiarize myself with the chakra system, and so I knew that there were about six or seven chakras throughout my body. And I had even experimented with pinpointing them. And so, as I strolled through the campground, and I was nervous and filled with anxiety, I began thinking about each of these chakras now for those that aren't familiar with this system um, a chakra is simply an energy center in our body i am by no means an expert so i will put a link in the episode description so you can learn more about it Um, but it's simply an, an energy center and so i had become aware that there are different points in my body that i can get an intuitive hit that i can know some things and so i started to focus on my third eye chakra where my forehead was. I knew that I can intellectualize knowledge and perceive my world through my mind. I do it all the time and it's a way to keep myself safe. I'm also aware that not everything I perceive in my mind is inherently accurate and objectively true. And so as I felt the energy swirl in my mind and felt all I was perceiving, I took a deep breath and I tried to drop even deeper into my body, past my throat and into my chest. I dropped into my heart area. This is another way I perceive the world and am perceived by others. My heart guides me. It draws me into people, into relationships, into or away from situations. And so it's another way that I interact with my surroundings. But again, my heart is not always accurate. And So even as I felt the energy of my heart and I listened to the anxiety that it was giving off, I took yet another deep breath. And invited myself one more time to drop even deeper and i dropped into my solar plexus or gut area now i don't know about you but this for me is probably the truest or most authentic part of my body what my gut says i need to follow so as i dropped into my gut i felt a deep stillness and as i felt that stillness and recognized the absence of anxiety, I knew in that moment that I was indeed safe. And once I heard my intuitive gut tell me that I was safe, I could relax and carry on with the weekend. This was the first time in a long time that I consciously chose to come home to myself. Now, the idea of coming home to oneself can mean many different things to basically anyone hearing this, and so let me say a little bit more about what I mean by the term. Coming home into myself, especially when viewed through the lens of that moment that I just talked about, it was about connecting with my whole self, which meant connecting with my body. I connected with my body, I connected with my mind, my emotional center, and my intuitive center. And so what I was trying to do was I was trying to bring my awareness to all the parts of me that interacted with the world, to all the parts of me that I could experience and that were sending me messages. And I'm sure there are parts of me I didn't touch on that summer day in the North Carolina countryside, but I touched enough parts that I felt like I had dropped into my deepest way of knowing, my deepest self. And this is novel for me. And I think it's novel for a lot of people that have gone through traumatic situations because so often we don't live in that deepest sense of peace. We feel scattered. We feel chaotic inside. We feel jumbled and we don't trust our instincts. Or maybe we rely on our defense mechanisms much more often than we should. And so for someone like me, someone with a trauma background, someone who can feel a lot of intense emotions all at once and not know where they're coming from, this exercise of connecting with different parts of myself and then dropping deeper until I hit the place where I knew that I knew that I knew was so life-giving and so important. And in many ways, it was only the beginning. Coming home to ourself means we're willing to see what we haven't always wanted to see. It means we're willing to accept ourselves as we are, without judgment, but just observing what we feel, what we notice, what signals our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our intuitions are sending us. Coming home to ourself means letting ourselves feel safe and comfortable in a way that maybe we never have before. And to be honest, to be completely honest with y'all, I still don't even fully know what it means to come home to myself. There are layers of myself that I'm just now glimpsing on the horizon. Parts of Ben Tapper that I have not yet really gotten to know, let alone integrated, let alone learned to love. But I've taken the next step in doing that. And each day, each moment, I'm holding this question Hoping that in doing so, I invite myself closer and closer to home. How will I know when I have arrived? Well, that's a good question. I imagine I will feel less chaotic. I imagine I will be more in tune to my intuition. And I will have a clearer grasp on what it is I desire. On what feels life-giving, life-affirming, and completely authentic to myself. I think all those will be components of coming home. And most importantly, I think I'll feel safe in my own skin, which is not always the case. So I say all this to say very little, really. I think it's important that we ask ourselves, What it means to be at home in our own bodies. For some, that's a much more loaded question than for others. I recognize that. But I think it's a worthwhile question nonetheless. So as you go throughout the week, I hope you'll hold that question. I hope you'll pay attention to the moments that you don't feel safe in your own skin. And you'll pay attention to why. Maybe there are situations you really need to leave, but you've not yet given yourself permission to do so. Maybe you don't feel like you can leave, and if that's the case, I hope you find the people and the resources you need to get out. Maybe you'll notice moments that you do feel safe, that you do feel alive, that you do feel comfortable, and you need to give yourself permission to live into those moments more frequently, to settle into those moments more consistently, to just be. And maybe you found the exercise I did helpful. Maybe you like me are beginning to find out where your body communicates with you and how to connect with your deepest truth. And if that's the case, I hope you continue to do that work. The second phase of that work for me has included another visualization and I will leave you with this to end the episode. I was speaking with a friend of mine, a dear friend, one of the wisest people I know. And as I was talking to her about all that was happening in my life, she told me, or rather she reminded me that all the wisdom I needed was already within me and that all I had to do was drop deep into that sapphire sea of wisdom. And those words have stuck with me. And so when I feel particularly tense, when I feel on edge, when I feel uncertain, I take a moment, I become still. And I begin breathing. And with each inhale and exhale, I allow myself to start in my head and to drop deeper and deeper into my body, just like I had in North Carolina. But this time, there's a visualization component with it. See, once I make it past my heart and into my gut, I imagine a river. This river has a shore that is gravelly with small pebbles of different sizes. And as I drop down onto the shore, my feet land softly and crunch as the petals and rocks beneath me shift to hold my weight. I look to my right and I see this deep sapphire blue river flow. It's moving gently and steadily, not affected by the wind, not even noticing the chaos that I just descended from. This river is steady. This river is moving. This river simply is. So I plant my feet. I notice the water. And sometimes I even come to a seat on the shore of this river. This is my river. This is my place of knowing, of safety, of truth. A place no one else can enter. A place no one else can disturb unless I let them. A place that is completely and wholly home for me. When I drop into this place, I remember that I have access to all that I need in every moment. That I have all the wisdom and truth that I'm seeking. And I simply have to drop into it. And trust that I know what I know when I know. You've just heard me describe in detail my process for beginning to come home to myself, my process for knowing what I know when I know it, for connecting deeply with my intuition. I wonder what your process is like though. I imagine it looks completely different than mine or maybe it's eerily similar. Maybe you don't have a process yet. So can we use this time to begin to develop one? I am no expert on the matter, but I'm pretty good at grounding exercises. And so I'm wondering if you will join me in a final grounding exercise to help you either connect to your process or begin to uncover what your process is. Now friends, I think the first step in learning to come home to ourselves is Learning to listen to ourselves, so that's what we're going to do for a moment. Take a second and take the deepest breath in that you've taken all day and take an equally large exhale out. Do that once more, the biggest breath you've taken in all day and the biggest breath you've let out all day. Now, as you continue to breathe, Bring your awareness, bring your attention to your body. Find a specific point. Maybe the point finds you. Maybe you notice tension in your lower back or an aching in your knee or something in your shoulders. It doesn't matter where you focus, but find a point to focus on and notice what it's telling you. Notice what it's trying to communicate. As you begin to focus on that point, Let your mind slowly begin to scan the rest of your body and see what else you notice. How does your gut feel? Where are you holding tension? Is there a part of your body that is experiencing pain right now? Is there a lump in your throat that signals there's grief just beneath the surface waiting to spring forth? Really take a second and check in, examine, observe, and listen to your body. What are you hearing? What is it saying? And is it a message you already expected? Or is it something you don't want to hear? Is it something you hear then quickly bury because you're not ready for it? I'm not judging where you're at, and I hope you aren't either. I'm just inviting you to notice it's easy to move through the grind of our day especially if we're parents or working full time or in school full time it's easy to move through the grind and the rhythm of the day without stopping to notice there are so many external messages bombarding us that it feels like that's all we need to seek out when in reality the most important messages the most life-giving messages the messages that will save us time and again. Those messages reside within. They're more subtle sometimes, they're quieter, and many times they might even wait for permission to speak before sharing their truth with us. So while an exercise like this might seem rudimentary, might seem simple, I think it's important because it helps us build the habit of pausing and listening, of waiting and asking our bodies, our emotions, and our intuition what it has to tell us. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Invisible Truths Podcast. If you're new around here, then you probably don't know this, but this is not normally how the episodes go. Most of my episodes, I'm talking with a guest about some aspect of their life that I think is important. Important and meaningful to the audience but every now and then I sprinkle in a solo episode just for a change of pace so I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll go back and check out the previous episodes secondly if you'd like to connect with me more intentionally you can find me on all the social media platforms except TikTok because why uh, but you can find me on Facebook you can follow the Invisible Truths page on Facebook or check out the new business I'm launching with some friends called the Kindred Collective Thank you for listening again to this week's episode. I hope you found it meaningful. And until next week, I'm Ben Tapper.